2021 has certainly been a wild year so far for the stock market, even though we thought it couldn't get worse than 2020. But with the Fed's outlook on interest rates and the economy opening back up, what are the best areas to look for when it comes to investing? Should you completely forget about meme stocks like GameStop and AMC? My guest today is Kyle Whitley, Senior Investing Editor at Kiplinger.com, and he's going to give us a quick overview on navigating the stock market in 2021. Finally, after more than a decade of you know outperformance or growth, you're finally actually starting to see some love for value. And just about any expert you can find expects this to continue at least until about halfway through the year, possibly more than that before you know tech might actually become growthy once more. Some of the meme stocks that people are diving into, they are doing so because of a perceived value. But a lot of the stocks were actually very bad, and people believe them to be undervalued. Now, there's a perception that these stocks not so great, but I think that they can be. I would not jump into GameStop at these levels. I think that they need more concrete plans. We need to see what they're actually going to do. Yes, there's all sorts of potential, but right now it is grossly overpriced for you know what is essentially right now just wishes of unicorns and puppies. My name is Kiana Daniela. I'm a best-selling author and the founder of the Invest Diva movement, where we are on a mission to helping one million moms taking control of their financial future and to create generational wealth. So please hit that like button here to help us with the YouTube algorithm and share it with people who could benefit from taking control of their financial future so that together we can make this huge impact. Now let's go say hi to Kyle Woodley. excited to have you here on the Investiva movement. You are literally very well versed in every topic. And today you said that it is very important for people to understand what's going on in the stock market in 2021. What is up with all these meme stocks and the buzz ETFs and all the craziness that is going on and how people can really navigate through the madness and actually make money in the stock market. So Kyle, welcome and please take the stage. Thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here today. As far as what's going on in the markets, it's really, it's too much. Too much is going on in the markets. When, you know, when Biden came into office, my initial thought was, I've got a couple of months where I can just sort of sit back, relax. Everything's going to become a lot easier. There's not going to be as much commotion. And I was, of course, dead wrong. And so now work is just miserable for me, but that's fine. <laughs> the very, very latest thing, of course, is that everyone is all of a sudden enamored with inflation and bonds. Now, suddenly that's controlling the market. It's no longer stimulus. Actually, if you take a look at, I believe it's B of A's most recent global mutual fund manager survey for the first time since February of last year, inflation and like a taper tantrum that is actually overtaking COVID-19 as sort of the biggest tail risk that they're worried about. It's the first time in more than a year where COVID-19 isn't the biggest tail risk. So suddenly we all, we care so very much about what Jerome has to say over at the Fed. Unfortunately for us, he said very little. The last, you know, the FOMC meeting came out and their expectations for inflation a little bit higher than they expected. Their ex expectations for GDP a lot better than they expected back in December, but they haven't moved anything. It looks like across the mean, the dot plot, that's sitting there at no rate hikes until 2023. Although interestingly, a few members 
see that coming a little, like the next rate hike coming a little bit sooner. They, they're starting to move into 2022. The dot plot isn't perfect, but for right now, it seems like we're, we're sort of slowly getting there. So what um, does that mean for investors, <clears throat> Kyle? Like, what should they be doing if the Fed is going to be slow with interest rate hike and if inflation is such a big worry now? So you're already seeing this in the markets that tech is really getting hammered on inflationary worries. It cuts into their margins, whereas because expectations, part of the reason why inflation, you know, is ex expectations are going up is that everybody believes that there's going to be this, you know, great economic recovery. People are piling into cyclical stocks, into value stocks, into areas of the economy that they believe that Americans will be spending very heavily in over the next three, six, even nine months. So you're seeing travel, uh, travel's just going through the roofs, whether it's airlines or booking companies, restaurants, of course. But you're also seeing people start to, you know, also pile into industrials is another good for instance some materials financial stocks bank stocks and so yeah you're getting finally after more than a decade of you know outperformance or growth you're finally actually starting to see some love for value and just about any expert you can find expects this to continue at least until about halfway through the year possibly more than that before you know tech might actually become growthy once more Right. And I mean, that you said this before as well, that it is more important than ever now to really focus on value assets, because finally, like just to recap what you said, value assets are gaining attention. So what what's up then with the meme stocks? Then why are they suddenly <laughs> gaining attention, whereas we should be actually focusing on value stocks? So we're on actually round two right now. We're not on round one. We had that initial spurt sort of at the beginning of February, but I saw that, you know, GameStop's back up around 200. It still has a ways to go. Per the meme stocks, that's actually not a growth or a value thing. Some of the meme stocks that people are diving into, they are doing so because of a perceived value. Now, obviously, once GameStop sort of goes to the moon, at that point, they're not buying value. But a lot of the stocks were actually very battered. GameStop, Nokia, AMC. And people believe them to be undervalued. Now, they're not really doing it by traditional value metrics like you or I would care about, but there's a perception that these stocks not so great, but I think that they can be. I don't necessarily, I think GameStop's sort of long-term, you know, whatever path it is to get to fulfilling that value proposition, I think that's a ways off. That's, you know, that's not really they haven't figured that out yet. They've got, you know, they've got a great insider buyer, but they're not there. But like AMC is a good, for instance, all of a sudden you can look at the economy reopening and you can see that being there. Now, again, you know, I've gone through S&P Capital IQ. I've taken a look at the estimates. I mean, they're not even looking to be profitable, you know, at least through the next, I think, like two or three years. So again, there's still a ways to go, but you at least understand what people are seeing. There's a very direct connection. Movie theaters were closed for this long time. Everybody wants to get out. Suddenly, as soon as they get out, you know, oh, they're going to be going to the movies. We'll see and if that actually it's going to be opposite as GameStop because GameStop, like people were in, at home <laughs> and like wanted to like wanted to find entertainment in the gaming industry. But now investing in AMC not only has a value, like yeah, you can see the value in it long term, but it's also helping AMC theaters to actually open up. It's kind of supporting the AMC theaters. So that's what I actually like about that one. And I don't, as you said, I don't see AMC as just a meme. It's actually a value asset in my opinion as well. Yeah. And in the case of GameStop, obviously there's there's a lot more work than than fundamentals or the, you know, or sort of the long-term business story. But that having been said, I think that there are 
you know, if I'm trying to justify this, I think that there are some beliefs that GameStop can be more than just a brick and mortar retailer. And yes, of course, in the short term, you know, people are going to throw down their controllers and go out to the beach. But longer term, you know, esports and gaming, this is a much longer term trend that this was this was already building years before COVID. That just accelerated the trend. I mean, sort of like work from home. That was around, but it just got accelerated by COVID. So I think you'll take a little bit of a step back. But then I think the hope is that the GameStop is going to do something transformative, whether it's, you know, buying some sort of e-gaming company or hosting events or doing something. I think that's the hope is that they'll finally start to participate in something more than just brick and mortar sales. And, and yes, I know that they also have an e-commerce site and all that, but I think everybody's waiting for sort of the next step after, you know, especially after in August, Chewy.com's co-founder came in and, you know, he bought a big stake. And so they're just like, oh, he's going to, you know, he's going to chewify GameStop. So I think that there are at least legitimate hopes there, but I mean, at current valuations, it's just gone. It, yeah, it's a it would little... be foolish of them not to, because they're getting insane amount of branding and recognition. So I have never heard of GameStop. And now my husband says, Oh, did you know that I bought this? My husband is a gamer. He clearly knew about GameStop before. It's like, they have exclusive partnerships with Drizzit. I'm like, who's Drizzit? Or <laughs> whoever that is. And yeah, so now that they're getting the branding out there, the marketing, I think it's foolish of them not to really evolve and get into something that could be more than brick and mortar and can survive for the years to come. Um, so it's interesting because it started out as something that was just hype and people got into it as a movement, supporting a movement. Let's go eat the Wall Street and like all these things, like people were getting into it for all sorts of reasons. And now all of a sudden it could actually turn into something which may look make somebody like me who was completely against investing in GameStop at the beginning. It was like, I do not want to invest in hype. Like I refuse to invest in hype. So what would you say to somebody who's now seeing this and hearing this and say, oh, they might have something to go for them in the future. Would you recommend people to get into the meme stocks or just focus on value stocks or focus on ETFs, which is going to be our next topic? There's so many questions there. So I <laughs> let me I'll so first thing I'll say is that uh, I like your husband. I'm a very long time gamer. Going to GameStop was one of my favorite things growing up. So I'm like from my heart of hearts, I really do hope they turn it around because GameStop is pathetic as it is to say, was sort of a, you know, an integral part to my upbringing. And so I really do hope the best for them. As far as whether they should invest in say GameStop or any other meme stocks, it all comes back to what I was saying to you, you know, pre-recording, which is everybody has you know, their own risk tolerances, their own views on value. So I would say that really is up to the person. If it was me, I would not. I would not jump into GameStop at these levels. I think that they need, you know, they need more concrete plans. We need to see what they're actually going to do. Yes, there's all sorts of potential, but right now it is grossly overpriced for, you know, what is essentially right now just wishes of unicorns and puppies. So I, you know, I would say not. AMC isn't, I'm, I'm actually sort of in the same boat with AMC in that it's just been driven up so high that like it just doesn't justify the valuation. I do believe that AMC is going to see, you know, growth in demand here over the next few months, but you also have, you know, you also have the problem that like, hey, it does have competitors and frankly, from an operational perspective, much better competitors. Alamo Drafthouse simply does what it is that they do better. I believe it's Cineopolis. But yeah, those are two that like they do the whole at your seats, like service thing. They're very clean, like, 
Alamo Draft House has a little bit of an edge. I don't know. Have you ever been to uh, an Alamo Draft House before? No, <laughs> but I've no, met my a, husband. <laughs> It's a it's a wonderful experience where you go, you sit down. The first one I'd actually saw Austin Powers Gold Member. So that long ago, and it was actually in Austin, Texas. And ever since the beginning, you go, you sit down, they have servers, they walk up and down the aisles, they take care of everything for you. They're also really strict, like no talking through it, no cell phones, no nothing, they'll boot you. And if you call them up and complain about the fact that you were booted from a movie, they're gonna use your voicemail as a promotion for the fact that they'll boot people like you. Like they have no oh, they have cool. no qualms whatsoever making fun of you for being a bad moviegoer. So I, so I believe that there are better operators in the space, but AMC does have scale and you know that can work for them to you know per value you should always care about value now it shouldn't necessarily be oh this is specifically a value stock and thus it is good but you should care about whether you are getting say good growth for the value in other words you know growth it's referred to as you know garp growth at a reasonable price you should right. always keep loved, value in mind and i loved what you said what you mentioned is that not every stock is going to be suitable for every individual. What is going to work for me, for my risk tolerance, for my financial goals, where I am at, where, how my portfolio is structured at the moment is, I would guarantee 99% of the time is not going to be suitable, suitable for the next person because each and every person is different. And also what I would like to add here as we're kind of closing out this session is that by investing in an asset, you are supporting that company. So again, that becomes very, very personal about what you choose to invest in because not only you're banking, you're making your money work for you, you're making your money grow by investing in that stock and hopefully it's going to grow and being a value asset, you'll have a higher chance of that, but you're also investing in that company and supporting that company. So make sure that it goes along with your morals and your ideals and of course your risk tolerance. Kyle, this was an amazing session. Thank you so much for the insights and giving us an overview of what the heck is going on in 2021 in the stock market. We thought it's going to be a little bit more chill, but clearly we're getting volatility. People are obsessed with volatility, I guess, and like news and the hype and things so they just can't get rid of it. Kyle, we would love to have you back and talk about one of other methods of investing for people who don't really want to go after individual assets and want to kind of go more bundle shopping, let's put it that there way. You go. Would you please come back and, and talk about ETFs? No, I would absolutely love to. And thank Amazing. you very much for having me on today as well. We are super excited to have you back, you guys. If you like this video, please go ahead and give it a thumbs up. Don't forget to subscribe so that you get a notification once we put the next videos with Kyle and all of our other amazing guests out. Invest responsibly, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Investiva Movement. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you. All right, before I let you go, uh, after each episode, we're gonna do this. We ask our <laughs> guests uh, to uh, make a silly face. I oh, you me? That was, I, yes, yes, you. Okay, that was fast. Thank you for that.